0: Kia ora and welcome to the See Tomorrow First podcast. I'm Courtney Peters, Group Marketing Manager for NZ Tech. See Tomorrow First is a shared industry and government initiative created by your industry body, NZ Tech, alongside NZT and NZ Story, in order to shine a spotlight on New Zealand's world-class and in many ways world-leading tech companies and share their stories with the world. I'm joined today by our guest, Claire Bradley. Claire is the CEO of AgriSea, a 25-year-old paeroa-based seaweed innovation company known for its sustainably sourced and brewed liquid seaweed. They currently supply the horticulture, agriculture, apiculture, viticulture and dairy sectors, both domestically and to a growing export market. In 2022, AgriSea were the proud recipients of the high-tech Kamupeni Māori Ōtito at the New Zealand High-Tech Awards for their collaboration with Crown Research Institute, Sion. They worked on the commercialization of research that transforms Agrisea's seaweed waste streams into a sustainable nanocellulose hydrogel that provides a green alternative to petroleum based polymers. Today, we're going to talk about Agrisea's origins, its global success, but also the company's core intention of creating a circular bioeconomy, which has led Agrisea to put such a focus into commercializing new technologies that can create value from waste. Tenar Quay Clear, thanks for joining me today. Oh, kia ora, it's lovely to be here. Awesome. So congratulations on 25 years of agri Um, The business has evolved so much over the past
1: two decades coming from humble origins. Can you share that story with us? Sure. It definitely was very humble origins. My uh, in-laws, my mother-in-law and father-in-law were actually school teachers and they were here. Um, she was the first English teacher in um was the first Kūra Kāupapa Māori. And so she, you know, the holidays for them weren't, you know, sunning yourself on South Pacific beaches. They were woofing. So that's willing workers on organic farms. And so they travelled the country and, you know, you work for four hours for food and board and they saw really good organic farms and some really terrible organic farms and it was one of those fungal summers where you had brown rot in your peaches and facial eczema in your cattle and it was a, a challenging summer. but one farm in particular stood out and they were a German couple and their main input was seaweed and they just thought wow that's really weird you know what what on earth are they doing you know using seaweed for animals and plants and things on land that took them home to start, Researching seaweeds all around the world, what are they good for? Then seaweeds back here in Aotearoa, Um and they started tutuing around in their back garden. They had a quarter acre section and growing things, um, and it was kind of like a business by accident, I guess. Uh, you know, they had friends who would ask for some of their products to save their rose gardens from black spot mold and things like that. And it was when the first kiwi fruit grower. Rang up and said, "Oh, we'd like to buy two hundred litres of your your seaweed nutrition." They thought, you know, maybe there's something in this, um, but that started a complete new journey where they had to research the efficacy on, I guess, monocultural commercial growing systems compared to using these products in a home garden, you know, situation. So very humble. My husband Tani spent his weekends at Titirangi Markets uh, selling products. Um, it was a passion. It was a purpose. And it is yeah scaled into the business that it is today. Amazing story.
0: You know, you've gone from backyards and helping people with their roses to <laughs> a globally
1: scaling company. What have been the steps in that process? the key steps for us were investment in research and development that was you know that's a game changer that you can have published papers in multiple areas showing the value of what you're offering is into into the world and into the sector that you're trying to um, get into um, the education piece has been really important so why this piece of technology? Uh, why now, what does it do for me? So, you know, being able to articulate that to your market is really important. Sales people, <laughs> sales people pretty important. You know, getting the right team in around you to help you uh, share your message and share your um, offering into the market and then working with other distributors that are really important as well. And, and they, they can be quite different in different markets. So for example, in North America and in the honeybee uh, and bee uh, industry, we create a product, a bioactive product that goes into honeybees. Um, and so attending global trade shows in that sector, working with good distributors to enable you to penetrate the market has been key certification certification regulation regulation is really important because a lot of people think well I've got this great idea I can you know take it into this market but you need to be really clear about what you can and can't do and say what sort of uh, regulatory barriers are in that market and yeah get about solving them or, or find ways of working with people to work around them.
0: You've been recognised and celebrated for embracing research and technology to repurpose seaweed into valuable resource and create a circular bioeconomy. Can you explain how technology has kind of formed a part of AgriSea's story?
1: Yeah. You know, when you've been going for 27 years, some people have maybe expect you to be bigger and larger. But uh, we come from a value set that we will grow as much as the environment around us will let us. So access to resource uh, seaweed in particular um, has has always been our limiting growth factor. And so we've taken an approach of well, that's that's okay. We're here for a long time, not a, not a good, fast, hard time and, and to have this take, make, waste uh, sort of linear model. Um, and so as we've thought to overcome challenges like how do we get more volume or can we create extra value from the volume that we currently have, It leads us to ask lots of interesting questions and talk to lots of interesting people. And, you know, when we look at nature, like I said, there's no waste stream in nature. It is just another resource into another process. And so when we looked at our waste streams that were coming from our biostimulant manufacturer, um, we were already repurposing them, drying them and, and feeding them back into stock and things, but we knew we could extract more value. so. I guess it's just meeting with really cool, like-minded people who have a shared value set, who want to work together for similar outcomes. None of us are high tech in in our experience, in our previous work before um, being involved with Agracy, but it's linking with the the right people, the right scientists, the right um, problem solvers and curious, cool people that have allowed us to really embed tech and research into our business.
0: Have you learnt a lot about biotech in the
1: process? <laughs> yeah, and I think you know one of the cool things is that so often we think technology is, you know, a new piece of equipment, or it's a software as a service, or it's um, you know something that's kind of man-made, um, but actually green tech and you know the fact that nature's had thirty-two million years of R and D is really cool that people are starting to pay attention to that now because we can look at things in nature how they function how they clean waters how they repurpose molecules into new things and lean into that and seek to dis- discover and un- understand it so we can harness it for the better of our you know planet really so you were
0: awarded for this collaboration with sion specifically um, around the nanocellulose hydrogels, mm-hmm. which I find so hard to say.
1: <laughs> um, but can you tell us a bit more about that piece of work and where, and where it's at now? Yep. So it was a, a chance meeting, really. We were at Matariki X, which was a Maori innovation uh, celebration really put on by Callaghan. And we sat across from these cool people and they said, did you, you know, we talked about we were in seaweed and they said, did you know you can make crystals from seaweed? And we're like, that's crazy. That's fascinating. No. Um, And we started this conversation with these incredible, awesome people. And uh, we we got some funding to investigate how could we create these nanocellulose crystals out of our waste stream. Um, That has led to, just an absolute explosion. Um, Not only are we starting to create infrastructure that is world first to be able to access these high value uh, crystals and and nanofibers out of seaweed, but we've also started to showcase what real collaboration looks like. Because often we talk about let's collaborate, let's collaborate, but it's actually a contract of service. That's not collaboration. Mm. So you know, I need to, you know, access your science, you complete a project for me, great. So when we talk about collaboration, that is championing each other beyond the life of that contract. So for us with Scion, it has been um, paving a way to show that if we champion the work that they do, and they champion the work that we do, one plus one, all of a sudden equals 20, it doesn't equal two. So... At this stage, we're building the the piece of tech to have the industrial scale manufacturing site in Paero. Uh, but we're already thinking about plant two, plant three, and and the offshore opportunities to where seaweed biomass is.
0: Mm. And what does for the layman, mm. what does globally scaled nanocellulose hydrodel look like? What does that mean?
1: So there are so many uses for um, nanocellulose. Uh, cellulose is the most kind of abundant thing on on the planet. It's part of plants. Uh, but the stuff that we take out of seaweed has quite different characteristics, and the way that we extract it is is clean, green, circular chemistry. So what we can do with nanocellulose is we can use it back in things like seedling gels for water holding capacity, for uh, reduction of water usage in high-value crops. We have PhDs working on wound healing. Uh, We have a new smart ideas uh, with Otago, which is looking at using it as scaffolding for lab-grown um, meat and seafood and things like that, because uh, it it creates this beautiful honeycomb structure that cells like to grow on. You wow. can use it in electronics. So we're you know over in Japan testing these crystals when you mix it with um, materials to pull heat away from batteries. You can use it to help rebuild spinal cords. You can like the opportunities are, are limitless. Wow. And when you're married to an insane innovator um, who's already, you know, kind of building, you know, rockets to Mars and all sorts of things that are made from seaweed, then, you know, there is a lot of possibilities, but there's also a lot of um, prioritizing of, of where our time, resource and energy goes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. This collaboration with Scion has resulted in almost a whole new direction for the company I was thinking about your export business mm. with your seaweed products to farmers and that scaling but now this is a whole different kind of model how do you work through that
1: yeah exporting seaweed biostimulants is heavy it's costly we're a long way from the rest of the world you know we've been exporting up into Europe into big fertilizer companies for almost 20 years um but it is it is a challenge in terms of scaling that so how do we export our brand, our IP, our technology, and build collaborations offshore where there is seaweed resource um, so that we can turn them into high-value products. Mm. So not only are we offering the products that come out of the technology, but also looking at others who are interested in scaling the technology with us.
0: Beautiful. Can you take us through some of those challenges in a little bit more detail about going mm. offshore and also uh, yeah, developing the new tech to go offshore?
1: Yeah one of the challenges trying to go offshore is that people have really lovely websites, (laughs) you know, like you have these beautiful shiny websites that look amazing and you think, wow, these guys are the real deal, right? We're going to, you know, approach these guys. These guys look fabulous. But you have to get into market. You have to go and meet those people. You have to look through their plants because there are a lot of fuzzy sharks out there. And right now in seaweed especially, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of hype. You know it's it's carbon, it's clean, it's alternative protein, it's the new kind of exciting thing. And so there's a lot of big, beautiful websites being built that have nothing underneath. Mm. So that has been a challenge for us as sifting through who is real. Um, and who is, yeah, just great at marketing. <laughs> Speaking to a marketer here, so <laughs> Sorry about guilty that, but... guilty <laughs> party in some cases. Yeah, totally. So for us, you know, we've been up into market, visiting people. We've had people down to Paeroa. And, you know, it's not only ground truthing that there is technology, there are things, there are markets, but it's also is there value alignment. Mm. And, you know, New Zealand can be seen as, I was talking to an international, you know, food and beverage CEO the other day of a big multinational and uh, they described uh, New Zealand as cute, <laughs> you know, and I think, you know, that, that, that can be challenging because that, that sort of shy cuteness maybe that we maybe have as New Zealand can sometimes been taken advantage of or seen as naive. mm but what what would it look like if we really stepped into owning that power, the awesomeness that we have, the innovation that we create, and how we can solve global problems? You know, we've got to be a bit gutsy, yeah, and we've got to really take on some of those challenges because, um, yeah, we've got some awesome people and some bright minds and some clever solutions.
0: Totally. So moving on from the challenges, thinking about kind of the wins you've had over the time you've been at AgriC. what are those wins, and how and how could you kind of share that that insight with future tech leaders in
1: NZ? For us, even having an identity that we are technology mm. is a win. You know, for me, getting seaweed and technology into the same sentence was a win. Um, and so, I, I, again, it's like not boxing your thinking into what technology is. Uh, technology is anything that can help us, right? So I think uh, for people really kind of stepping into technology and not being afraid to step into technology and have that as an identity collaborating with people is is our number one um, super strength I think you know we are a wholly owned family company uh, trying to make a difference in the world and you know 27 years ago you know we were selling at markets to home gardeners and it has taken a long time but timing is a really critical thing so often technology is too early Mm. you know you see people really kind of get really excited and invest in something and man there's been some awesome technologies that maybe uh, the time is now to start scaling so it's thinking about when the right time to scale is because if you have to educate a market and education is really expensive That's really important work, but you need to be realistic that it's going to take much longer and much more expensive than you think it will. Mm. How do you manage that kind of expense in that long runway as a company? For us, it's our passion and it's our commitment to the world, right? To our mokopuna, to our grandchildren, to – we're a family-owned business and so we work with our – rangatahi we look them in the eye every day and so that gives us i guess the the strength to continue mm. many people probably would have quit by now you know like in those earlier days they, you know i think it took them 10 years to make a profit yeah. you know my, my in-laws the first profit 10 years Wow. so not many people would grind it out for 10 years uh, before they made any money um, but because you're driven by passion and by purpose you can kind of survive on that <laughs> for a little bit. You know, you can yeah. forego other things. You know, you don't need the new this or that or you can, you know, be focused on the impact that you're trying to make in the world. So, yeah, you've got to really know your why. Mm. Yeah.
0: As part of the See Tomorrow First project, um, we've done a bit of research with offshore buyers, investors and market. And it's broadly seen that New Zealand is quite a trustworthy country. Yeah. So interesting hearing your insight um, from from that woman you spoke to the other day about New Zealand being cute. Have you also found when you've built relationships in market that that trust comes through, that that New Zealand has
1: a reputation that you can build on? Absolutely. That trust is, you know, a a sense of integrity and a sense of honesty. So when we talk about, you know, lovely websites and, um, you know, overhyping things, um, New Zealanders are less likely to do that as well. So they're less likely to oversell and under deliver we do what we say we're going to do and I think um, that's you know having that reputation in market is really important Um, and then all of us building on that.
0: By actually delivering.
1: Yes (laughs) (laughs) by actually doing the things we're going to say to don't jeopardize everyone else (laughs) by you know being a fuzzy shark. (laughs) Don't be a fuzzy shark that's the tip for today. That is. Um, So
0: tech is you know one of our largest export earners now and it's growing rapidly. Um, What's your kind of a appreciation for what NZ Tech as a sector can do,
1: both for New Zealand um, and for the world? I think we've got an awesome ecosystem here. I really do. I really think we've got a lot of companies. uh, We've got a lot of CRIs. We've got a lot of, um, you know, we've got Agritech, New Zealand Tech. We've got um, the Callaghan's, the the NZTEs of the world. So we've got a really neat uh, system to help us solve globally relevant problems. And New Zealand's an incredible testing ground for technology, um, not only in the agricultural space with biospace. There's a whole range of spaces we can be testing technology in New Zealand and amplifying them for global problems and solutions. So, the, yeah, the, the network is really important. So I'd really just encourage people to make sure that they're leaning into that network. And sometimes you can make friends or partners in spaces you wouldn't think so often i see people going okay so i'm a you know a, a visioning software and i'm going to talk to another visioning software but they can be quite competitive and trying to find the the connections that are going to enable them to collaborators can be hard so sometimes thinking completely outside the square and going i'm a visioning technology and i'm going to go and talk to the seaweed industry You know, because we're going to need that sort of technology in the future for scaling aquaculture offshore, for measuring carbon, for measuring nitrogen uptake, all sorts of things. So, yeah, I guess, incredible ecosystem. And I think we just need to um, build friendships in unlikely places.
0: I love that insight. And in terms of what you think New Zealand Tech can give to the world, what's, what's our point of difference? What's our offering?
1: Being involved in the primary sector I know nowhere in the world says primary sector except New Zealand but agriculture and aquaculture in particular um, we've got really savvy growers and farmers you know we're not reliant on subsidies in terms of our production systems they're hard-nosed um, business people and so that testing ground is is something quite unique in New Zealand like if you know it's kind of like that you know so if you can make it here you can make it anywhere right so <laughs> I think that's really important for people wanting to be in that ag and aquatech sort of space is testing it here in New Zealand if New Zealand steps into that identity that's going to do a lot for all of us
0: beautiful thanks so much for joining us today Claire Awesome. That's it for this episode of the See Tomorrow First podcast. See Tomorrow First is all about making New Zealand technology world famous, and there are lots of ways for you to leverage the campaign to help scale your tech offshore. No matter where you're at on your tech journey, check out our huge range of tools and resources at seetomorrowfirst.nz. You can listen to this podcast plus other episodes by visiting the See Tomorrow First website, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. It's been a pleasure to host you today. I'm Courtney Peters from NZ Tech. Nāmihi Hinui.